Thank you for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. I'm Diane Mulligan with my colleagues, Sarah Beatty and Jordan Sherman. And you may be wondering, what does Move the Stairs mean? It's our philosophy, how we look at every challenge as an opportunity. And when you move the stairs, you take the steps other people might not readily recognize, creating customer loyalty, nurturing great relationships with the media, and building a resilient CBD brand. So over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to talk with the brightest minds, the savviest business leaders and reporters in the CBD space. You'll learn how brand protection PR can help your CBD business stand head and shoulders above your competitors. And you'll be on your way to making the most of any challenge. That's what we call Move the Stairs. Let's get started. Well, welcome, and we are so glad you're joining us for episode 63 of the Move the Stairs podcast. We are recording on Wednesday, March 16th. Happy St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. And we are so happy that you're joining us for today's exciting conversation. Yeah, we have a great guest uh, waiting in the green room to join us today. Her name is Megan Duvall. She is the Chief Business Officer at FS Oil to talk about how her company adapted and thrived during a pretty tumultuous time when it came to growing hemp and just the hemp agriculture in general. It's so true. With the unexpected glut of hemp producers and the significant hemp price drop in 2020, you know, how did companies respond and handle customer loyalty when it came to 2021? We believe every company in the CBD and hemp industry must prepare for downturns. It's, it's just part of life. Um, and building that customer loyalty can make all the difference in staying in business and between staying in business and possibly shutting your doors. Right. And one of the things that we get um, a lot of questions on is when you are handling all of the issues in this emerging industry, we all know every second of your day counts. So when a media requests in, this is the question we get when a media request comes in, how do you decide if you even have the time to respond? And lastly, um, one of my favorite segments we always talk about is brand resiliency. Uh, I'm really excited to ask Megan, you know, how do you forecast and prepare for the next industry challenge so that you're ready for it and you can make the most in the midst of challenges that you um, and your fellow colleagues and competitors may be facing at the same time? Absolutely. So let's get started. I'm really excited about this. Hey, Megan, how are you? And thank you for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, well, you know, we always like to get a little bit of the backstory first. So you have an amazing one. Can you just give us the thumbnail of that? I can try to squeeze it all down, but uh, I am part of a family farm, uh, three generations that are currently on the farm and our owners, our family members and a cousin. And um, we really came into this business starting to grow in 2016 because um, the patriarch of our farm uh, was sent home on opiates with stage four cancer in hospice. And um we had already had a marijuana facility up in downtown Portland, and so we decided to get some really high CBD, uh, really low THC um, 
uh, capsules made for him and bring him down and put him on a capsule regime and some extract regime. And, um, you know, within a day or two, he was riding around our family farm. We have a great agritourism program with a tulip festival. So he got to ride around his last tulip festival. He got to say goodbye to his kids, his grandkids. It was really something that was uh, amazing to us. And so when we met the Stanley brothers that had kind of the same synergy and saw some of those things that back happened with Charlotte Figgy, we knew that there was um, some synergies there. And so uh, we, we that we've kind of started growing with them, um, growing a bunch of uh, hemp for them, as well as doing their extraction. And you know, one thing led into another, and that's now 2022, and it's a huge part of our family business. That's great. That that is an awesome backstory. And if our, our listeners want to read a little bit more into um, FS Oil, Hemp Growers did a great article um, on your history, and we'll talk a little bit about media um, a bit later on in the podcast, uh, Megan. But I wanted to get started first with, you know, challenges um, in customer loyalty, and especially when it comes to a CBD company trying to build customer loyalty at a time when the industry is rapidly changing. I mean, your customers and your, uh, you know, your customers are looking to you for product, but is is the price for hemp really nosedived um, in 2020? Um, many companies like yours cut back um, how much hemp that they planted because there just really wasn't any demand. So um, to get us started here, did you have a plan for keeping your most important consumers in mind? And how did you adapt so that um, you knew that in spite of rolling back how much you were growing, um, you knew that those people were still going to line up and get your incredible products? Yeah, I mean, um, I think the biggest thing that's most important thing for us is uh, it is a relationship. It is, we are not their supplier or not their vendor. We are there to ensure that this relationship is moving forward. If there is um, any concerns, a contract is a piece of paper, uh, a supplier and a relationship moving forward, we want to ensure that we can help them with anything that they can. And that to me is a transparent conversation. Um, how do we help you? How do we ensure that your brand is successful? Because that's our success. Um, and then just having those hard conversations of this is where your price is. This is where we can work with you. I mean, we've done everything from barter with small extract for local ladies with granola to, you know, helping some of the biggest brands in the industry. It is about transparency and open communication and ensuring that um, we are all on the same page and we're all trying to do this for the right reasons. That is really such a great point. We talk about relationships all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but this, you know, downturn, was this something that you saw coming you know the did you prepare for this um you know pretty significant plummet in prices is it one of the reasons that you decided to get your global good agricultural practices certification yeah, so we saw this coming. I mean, one of the things that we advocated to the farmers, even at like the Portland conferences and anywhere that we could was, do you have um, an entry market? Do you know where you're going with this? Um, that's important because it's, a lot of people jumped into this. We wanted to ensure that long term, everyone was looking for a goal. Do you have... Um, setting up good agricultural practices, going down the road to get GMP 21 CFR 111, 114, setting those standards so that when food drug mass opens up, we could seamlessly work into that. Um, that was important. That is important to us. And we think it for final consumer safety, it's very important. Uh, we did see it coming. Um, and that's also part of the reason we wanted to diversify. We got into this because of wellness for people. So how do we look at other crops? We can grow, we grow over hundred different crops now. How do we look at other crops when we have the infrastructure set up for all of this extraction, how do we fold that into our portfolio for ingredients? So it's not just one good ingredient, it's a lot of good ingredients. 
I'm so excited to be talking to you because you truly are one of the companies that does look forward and does say what's coming down the pike. And when it comes to customer loyalty, that's really important as well as when you're building that brand resiliency. But I, I want to ask you, what are you doing differently in 2021 and 2022 so that you continue to build those loyal customers on, you know, on top of what you've already talked about as far as building relationships? Yeah, maintaining those relationships is important to see where they're going, um, see where we're going, sharing ideas, being able to sit around a table and be like, okay, this is what we're seeing. This is where we're seeing, um, you know, a, a need for valerian root and CBD together. That way we're not looking at melatonin instead. And we're looking at things that are we can grow organically and we can help um, supply your portfolio as well. So having those candid conversations um, and building that relationship and maintaining that relationship and staying, uh, it's not just transactional for us, you know. I, I kind of hear you saying you really take your expertise and share it. You're really putting yourself in that thought leadership position, but you're also really sharing that with your customers. Do you think that's that's one of the keys here? I think it's both. I think it goes both ways. I think that they're sharing some of their experiences, what they're seeing in the marketplace, and we are working together so that we can fulfill that need in the marketplace and look forward together. Absolutely. That's such a great, great point. Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about all the time on Move to Stairs podcast is um, what we call insider media relations. So all three of us are former journalists. And um, to us, insider media relations means uh, taking advantage of every media opportunity um, that comes your way so that you're really positioning uh, yourself as, a, as an industry leader, as a thought leader, somebody who can that, that media can turn to. Um, who can give a great interview um, on lots of different topics. And we always say, you know, take that interview if if it's possible. But time, we mentioned above, time is money. So you were recently quoted in Hemp Industry Daily about Delta 8. Talk about your decision into why um, why to give that interview. Um, to me, that was important because I really wanted to get more awareness about HB 3000, what was happening in Oregon. Um, Delta 8, you know, from a personal from a personal standpoint, I know someone that took Delta 8 and um, I have nothing against it, but it, it's marketed as CBD. And that was that's the problem and nothing to do with Delta 8 or um, or even Delta 9. It's more of it was marketed as CBD and it was hemp derived. So they thought it was going to have. Um, similar reactions or bodies were going to have similar reactions as CBD and it, that wasn't the case and they took it during a work week <laughs> and a work day and it wasn't a great situation um, so to me that was about just getting knowledge out there because I don't want um, I don't I want to care for the final, final consumer because the final consumer is what will drive this industry in the right place that will open the doors to FDM that will push push HR 841 um, over the line um, those the final consumer experience is extremely important and their safety is extremely important and taking something that you don't know what it does but it's marketed as cbd or marketed as hemp derived can be misleading so that was why that was important to me it's just to kind of get that information out there yeah what a you know i think that's so interesting and i mean it's just really clear to me how much you are thinking about that end consumer that um being super transparent to your um, to your customers, you know, and creating that customer loyalty. 
Well, I mean, we wouldn't be here without the customers and transparency is important. We invite every single person um, into our farm and into like, let them walk through our uh, facility. We walk through uh, where we put together our own drying. We put together, like we show them our barcode so that we can say, you know, within an hour, I can find every retention sample for every spot down the line because that's important. I want to ensure that the final consumer is safe. That's so important because that really, that builds that credibility, not only for you as a producer, but also for the industry. When people meet people like you and they're like, wow, they take this very seriously. It's it's so important. And it really makes you a thought leader. Um, we know you've talked about HR 841, which I want you to explain exactly what that is. But we know how well you are versed on legislation. In fact, I have to tell you, of anyone I've ever met, you are the woman. That's all there is to it. I mean, <laughs> you are amazing. So when you're going to talk about um, legislation, um, whether it's proposed legislation, whether it's current legislation, I want to know, do you seek out the media or do you kind of wait for them to come to you? But before that, I want you to go ahead and tell us HR 841, what's that about? Um, we have a lot of amazing support in Oregon. Um, one of them, obviously, Merkley Whited, but one of them is our local neighbor, uh, Representative Schrader, who is actually out of our district in, in Canby and right by our farm. And uh, it's been a, he's a farmer himself. He's a vet. And um, he proposed some legislation that would essentially let um, um, hemp and hemp derivatives of hemp go through um, a dietary supplement route. So saying, you know, follow 21 CFR 111, we're looking at this, and there's already kind of a guideline set up for those routes under Deshay. So if we can move that forward, um, we will have kind of at least an entryway into getting um, CBD um, regulated appropriately. So the second part of my question is, in order to get that information out there, do you actively seek the media or do you just kind of put yourself out there so that they know you are one of the go-to people to get the interview from? I do not actively seek the media. We, um, I'm involved with some amazing associations. And the fact that you think that I know everything, I'm like, oh, I need to introduce you to my friends because <laughs> amazing people that have really helped push the bar on a lot of different efforts. Um, obviously, the Hemp Roundtable is doing um, a lot of stuff on the federal level. Um, the Association of Western Hemp Professionals is doing a lot of uh, West Coast um, on the state level. Um, so there's a lot of amazing people out there that have a lot of information and I'm just really grateful to be able to work with a lot of them. <laughs> um, being able to get some knowledge out there to the masses, I feel like we did a lot of call to actions for HB 3000 so people understood what that meant, at least in Oregon, um, for uh, putting um, caps on THC in full products and by um, by serving. So we try to reach out a lot. And so we do get a little bit of a media attention there. Or like when we're testifying, we did a lot of testifying for Oregon so that they understood where the industry saw this was going to work, um, how, how it would affect a lot of us that are operating in good faith and want this to go into food drug mass. And so uh, most of that, the media comes to us. It is hard to understand whether or not we should take it. I'm probably not the expert leader, as you guys say, but it's one of those things I think it's important to get that information out there. Absolutely. And, you know, media is, is a powerful tool to do so. And, you know, we talked about earlier how you were quoted in Hemp Industry Daily. There's obviously a big difference between an online publication that's focusing on CBD and hemp, and you also have your kind of general um, news reporters like the TV stations in Portland or Eugene or uh, wherever. 
Um, so how do you differentiate that? And, and, you know, do you strategize a little bit in who you're going to talk to? Do you um, maybe offer yourself up or maybe not offer, but do you take the interview from a hemp industry daily because you know uh, that they get it and you, you, the reporters there are well versed in, you know, some of the issues surrounding the hemp industry versus a TV or a print news general assignment reporter who is trying to cover a story, but may not necessarily understand the nuances and intricacies that are um, surrounding the hemp industry. Yeah, well, we've been lucky with a lot of um, our uh, news and TV stations that have come out because kind of the celebrities that we're involved with, I mean, just like Wyden coming down and Berkeley coming down and Schrader coming down or Belushi and his grow coming over. So we have been lucky that we work with some amazing people and are trying to ensure that the industry, we are pillars in the industry and moving that forward. So we've luckily been able to get a lot of attention because of that. But um, yeah, the decision to kind of speak up isn't always an easy one for people that are like, we're growers and processors. We're not necessarily the end all be all knowledge of hemp growing, but we think that it's important that the message gets out there, that there should be some standards and we are more than willing to like let anyone come through our facility and have full transparency on how we think this industry should move forward so that consumers are safe and that um, food drug mass does open up for this, you know, ingredient. And you know, when you when you work with the general news media as opposed to the trade media, with the trade media, it's a different audience. In the general news media, you really are educating people and I was just um, reading a survey today um, about children, uh, parents and children that was just done. And it was amazing how little information um, is really out there, how little knowledge is really out there. There's a lot of information out there, but how little knowledge is out there. And so going to general media sometimes can make a huge difference. Yeah. And that's, and I, hopefully stuff like uh, the Delta eight going out to general media will really yep get some knowledge out there that it is not necessarily a CBD product. It is not Delta 8 CBD. It is Delta 8 THC. And we want to make sure final consumers do know that. Right. Because boy, they're going to have a different experience with Delta 8 than they are with CBD. Anyway. Yeah, I do not recommend taking on your work day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this resiliency part of this. And you know, CBD business owners are constantly looking out for ways to strengthen their businesses and really whether the threats to their reputation and their bottom line. Um, so we help clients, you know, find the opportunity in every challenge to really polish their reputations and to prepare for the unexpected, which is really important. And that's how you build that resilient brand. And, and you're an excellent example of that. So my question for you is, can you give us an example of how FS Oil has adapted to industry changes to really build that resiliency? I mean, we make sure that we are transparent with our customers. We do build relationships. Um, we're just as transparent with our team. Our team, majority of our team has been with us since 2017. Wow. Um, we with the production facility together. So our team is strong. We're very transparent with them. We let them know, you know, I bring back meetings from what I learned at the round table or what I worked at, um, what I learned from, you know, AWHP or just working with people like you, what, what, what I've learned and I bring back bring that back to the team so that um, we can all sit around a table and be like, okay, how do, what's next? How do we plan for this? How do we ensure that we will be someone standing? Part of the reason that, and I'm so grateful you, Diane, for reaching out, is part of the reason that we're taking some of these is so that we can bring some more awareness of what's going on, especially in this space, and um, how we adapt to these industry changes, how we fold in other botanical ingredients. Okay, we have the infrastructure here. How do we use that as, we've been doing this since 2017, growing in 2016 how do we 
bring that into um, how we can consult for people that are coming in this space or as markets open up um, globally, how do we ensure that they're getting the product that is um, coming from a certified GMP versus um, someone that is claiming to be GMP or someone that is um, saying that they're hemp authority, but it's or organic and how we can help them so that um, we can look to be someone in, that is a leader in the industry. And that to me really has um, helped us adapt because the industry has been so turbulent. Um, but as we have weathered all of this, we're like, hey, learn from us. Exactly. <laughs> so we've done this. Let me help you. Kind of thing. So. So in, yeah. And in that spirit of like helping other people, um, as you look at what might be coming down the pike in for the rest of 22 and into 23, what kind of changes are you um, preparing for? What kind of things do you expect to see? Um, something we'll definitely give with FDA when that happens. I'm not sure. I mean, for 841, there's, I want to say 39 co-sponsors that are bipartisan. So, I mean, it's definitely gaining more traction. Um, what I would like to see and what is one of the things that we're working on a couple of different projects are is how we advocate for the whole plant. Um, things that not just the CBD molecule, not just single molecules uh, like the CBN or the new emerging ones. Um, how do we look at um, the fiber? How do we look at the grain? How do we look at biochar? How do we look at even the waste stream from cannabinoids? Um, there's so many options out there. And so really focusing on how we support um, whole plant advocacy is something that we're really turning towards because you know, we have been processing and making CBD and other cannabinoids since 2017. So that structure, I feel, is confident. And now that we've, you know, two to three years into having other botanical ingredients and, you know, doing those ashwagandha extractions, all the other botanical things that we're working on, how do we bring it back to focus of how can we help this plant move forward? Um, because there are some waste streams that can definitely be utilized and there's potential for this plant still. I mean, that's, uh, it's a great segue um, to our last question, Megan, because you're talking about uh, all the different ways that this plant can be advanced, all the different industries that could potentially benefit from hemp. So you're obviously more than willing to adapt and change to whatever the environment is. Do you, do you establish plans for that? I mean, how do you go about, you know, uh, stopping on a dime and then maybe shifting uh, to another need in the industry, if need be, um, especially with where you are positioned in the industry. I mean, stopping at a time, we've had to do it in the past. It's not <laughs> ideal, but, you know, it's part of life. Um, I mean, really just forecasting, having those transparent conversations with customers so that we can feel that we have, okay, this is at least this much biomass is set aside for this. This much biomass is set aside for this. What does this look like for having contingency plans? You know, we can have plan A, B, and C, and then do we keep going down to D, E, and F? So, I mean, really trying to understand if there was only a crystal ball, if anyone knows of me, what I can <laughs> We all want that. It'd be so much easier. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, to be honest, a, a lot of it is transparency and um, our team being with us for, it is a family farm. It is a, the, the joke is if you are somewhat related to the family, you are going to do something within the, within the company or within the industry. Um, because it is, I mean, it's a family and, and we're driven by a mission. And, um, a lot of that is advocacy for this plant and advocacy for the people that we work with. I work for amazing family and I work for like amazing people and keeping them going and keeping them inspired is something that 
our team is super passionate about. So um, ensuring that we are always coming up with new ideas and trying to stay ahead of the curve for what we think is going to happen and how we advocate for the family, how we advocate for our processing and how we advocate for the plant are really important to us. I want to ask you something because you just brought up that whole topic of the, the family farm and it's obvious that you embrace change. It's obvious that you plan for change and you have your contingencies. Do you think because it's a family that helps that? Um, helps hurts. It goes both ways, depending on the day. But <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I mean, it is important. We all we work really hard. We built the, you know, we built something that we're really proud of um, from scratch. And um, we built it, uh, you know, a lot of it just without venture capital money, like building it as we grow. So it was, it's something that's really important to us. It's also, it's on our farm. So, you know, the fact that we can take a break from, you know, manufacturing or selling or whatever we need to be doing and hop on a gator and run to the pond or run through the fields and go check out some, some tulips or, you know, like, it's something that we want to move, continue to move forward. And the brand resiliency is who we are. It's, it's the, it's the family dynamic is important, but it's the team dynamic. Um, we have everyone from like, um, we, we work with agronomists to, um, I mean, we have engineers on path we have biochemistry people on, like we have a whole team of people that really believe in FS oil and Iverson family farms. And so that's what are like, that's, what's important. And that's what keeps us driving forward. I love that. Man, what a great conversation. Thank you so much. And and by the way, I really am. I think I'm coming to the Tulip Festival because it just looked too amazing. Where can people find out more information about you? Um, Wooden Shoe Tulip Festival. Uh, we And then Iverson Family Farms is the farm. And then FSYL.com. So all of them, it's all the same family. Um, the, our company is owned by uh, three brothers and a sister and then a cousin. And so, and that cousin is my aunt. So it's really like a family business. We have an amazing, um, we have an amazing um, vineyard on properties. We have a wine room and tulips and it is a really great place. And then we're more than happy to always invite you into our facility for tours because we believe in what we're doing. Uh, we believe in transparency and we know that we're operating in good faith of who we are. Okay, guys, I'm thinking there's a field trip to Oregon in our near future. What do you think? I mean, there's great wine in Oregon, so I am all over that. Tulips and wine and CBD. There you <laughs> go. Wrong, right? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Megan Duval of FS Oil. You have been just a delight, and we can't tell you how much we thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, oh my gosh, what an amazing conversation today, right, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. Um, I, I wrote down a ton of notes. I, I don't know if you right? saw me jotting no, here. <laughs> scribble, 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 but scribble, scribble, scribble. Pretty much. I mean, one of the th one of the key themes that I, I think Megan was um, very good at highlighting throughout this entire conversation was relationships that, um, you know, she works to build through transparency. And that was one of her primary methods of um, not only getting customers, but retaining customer loyalty. Uh, and whether that is, you know, working with somebody, um, you know, producing uh, products or growing for them uh, or, you know, working to get certifications and not only just getting it, but saying, hey, this is what we've done and here's why it's important. Here's why um, it's beneficial for the industry. I, I think that's brilliant. Absolutely. I also love when she was talking about the media, 
that um, she does take the time to do the interviews because she is pushing the industry forward. She's educating people. And in doing so, that increases their thought leadership and their expertise. And obviously, when you hear this lady speak, she has so much knowledge. And so she's willing to share it and take the time to do that. And whether it's local media, national media, or trade media, she doesn't really care. She's like, these are opportunities where we can really educate people. And, you know, I, my hat's off to her for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Um, you know, the thing that caught my attention is we were talking about building a resilient brand and she said, look, we all sit around the table and we go, okay, what's next? Yep. And I feel like people avoid thinking about, um, you know, you can call it crisis planning, you can call it opportunity, you can call it whatever you want. But I think people avoid um, trying to think about the what ifs, just going, I, I can't deal with that. I don't want to think about it. We're just going to keep plowing ahead. Right. And it truly is as simple as sitting down at a table with your team and going, okay, here's where we are. What's next? What are we going to do? And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be you know, 40 pages in a notebook sitting on the shelf, it's easy. Sit around a table. What's next? Absolutely. So very, very important. I love too, that she was talking about whole plant advocacy, because I think that is incredibly important. And so does my dog, apparently. So um, Sarah, take <laughs> us home. <laughs> right. There we go. We knew, we knew the delivery was coming. So exactly. they're right on time. <laughs> well, and thank you once again to our special guest, Megan Duvall, Chief Business Officer for FS Oil. Say that three times fast. Mm. Um, and for joining us on the Move the Stairs podcast today. And thank you for listening, for joining us on the podcast or the video podcast or all the places that we uh, love to chat with you. And we hope that you will join us again soon for our next all new episode of the Move the Stairs podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for listening to the Move the Stairs podcast. You may be wondering where the phrase move the stairs comes from. It's my life's mantra and MNC's commitment to our clients. It's a nod to a defining moment in my television news career. You know, in news, you have to be first with the story, no excuses. And one night I had to get the first TV news interview with a senatorial candidate after he accepted the nomination on stage. I noticed the stairs leading off the stage were taking the candidate directly to my competitors. But what could I do? So I looked around and I noticed the stairs were on wheels. I walked over and bolted the stairs and moved them so the candidate walked off the stage right to my team first. At MNC Communications, our years in the media taught us there's always a way to move the stairs to make the best possible outcome happen for our clients.